All right, guys, welcome back to the actually first collab kind of in your ears with Matt Ross podcast that we're doing. I'm joined today by not only entrepreneur and businessman, but my brother as my first ever guest, which is really exciting. Um, we're going to be chatting about everything related to entrepreneurship, money, business, finance, and then just whatever else pops up. Um, before we begin, I do want to say a big thank you, not only to Jay for joining us today, um, but also to Anna, who was the mad attacker who suggested this um, kind of interview. So a big thank you to her. She's the one who uh, Yay, put thanks, you forward uh, for this. We're going to hop straight into it, um, just so that anybody who doesn't know you, apart from the 100,000 people who are following you on Facebook, um, just tell them quickly who you are, what you do. I know you're my brother, but like, for them, who who are you and what do you do kind of a thing? Well, we've been told we're brothers. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I <laughs> need to get that. Do you need to? Well, I'm an entrepreneur. I suppose that's the most important thing here. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm an activist for sustainable energy. Uh, I love business. Um, I love people. So. Okay. And in terms of like, well, I know this personally, but... I always enjoy asking this question. I heard Patrick Beth David, who's another entrepreneur, ask it on his podcast. I mean, he always says, well, who were you in high school? Like, what, were you the jock? Were you the rebel? Were you the, um, you know, like, because that always kind of gives an indication of, of where you're going. Or inversely, it's a complete flip. So who were you, who I, was Sean in high school? I don't think St. Joseph's College had jocks. No, not really. Um, it was very much a Catholic school. I, I reckon I'm a lot like I am today still. Okay. Um, I was an entrepreneur in high school already. Okay. Uh, I used the computer lab to start my first business. <laughs> okay. What was uh, that? Um, I was selling data and, and stuff. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to go into what I was selling, okay. uh, but I got into trouble. Um, and then I also used the school library as well. I started sort of like a little media company there. Was so anyone who use the camera there and I also um, I, I used the lost property room which is where I launched my admin office for my first events company actually okay so I sort of assisted in high school yeah okay so I sort of had an office and a second office and I, I really just used it as a base okay. I wasn't so fantastic with, with my studies probably because I wasn't too interested I, I was yeah. working since the age of 16 and I did a bit of sports. I was a self-appointed water polo captain. We didn't okay. have enough people at St. Joseph's to actually have yeah, a full Yeah, same year as well. And I was an SRC chairperson for three years. Okay. Pretty sure I elected That's myself student to... student representative council for those so, who are watching, yeah. yeah. And you were head boy, yeah? I was, yeah. Okay, and so. super academic, a complete flip of that. Of myself. Do you think, well, <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll say it, but yeah, um, I was super nerdy. Um, mm. Would you say that like, I don't know, this is something I'm always interested in. Do you think that an entrepreneur is somebody, you're born as an entrepreneur? Or do you think that like, there's certain people who are like, I would say that you're naturally an entrepreneur, if that's what you've always gravitated to, versus somebody who maybe has entrepreneurial tendencies, somebody who like, maybe they're good at accounting, but they're more suited for like, that special, like specified niche versus somebody who's an entrepreneur who loves creating businesses, which is something that you've always loved doing since they block. Well, being an entrepreneur is a trend at the moment. Uh, the word entrepreneur means different things to, to different people. Uh, for me, it's really about somebody who enjoys working for themselves. Okay. Um, a lot of people will start businesses in their life 
for different reasons. Some will have to do it to generate a second income. Yeah. Uh, some have a, were born with a silver spoon and have this wonderful opportunity and capital yeah. and they go out and they, they try to start their own business. Um, some people do it out of desperation. You just desperately need to make more money. Perhaps you've lost your job. Yeah. Some of the best businesses have actually started that way. Yeah, I suppose because you've got like, yeah, you've got no choice. It's like a win or lose. So yeah, and being an entrepreneur is really about working for yourself. You identify a need out there and you either are able to uh, offer a better solution or a unique solution. Okay. And that's really what about uh, being an entrepreneur is about. So you think it's better to rather identify a demand and then fulfill that versus trying to create the demand? Because that's something I see a lot, especially on Instagram and stuff. People are trying to create a demand for a product that is not necessarily needed, but that they enjoy versus looking at what they, like other people need. It's a huge problem and a lot of startup businesses fail. Uh, it's it's one, uh, one in 10 succeed. And I think the one of the big mistakes, I can't say the big mistake, yeah. is you're going to make lots it's of mistakes, a few, yeah. um, is that people make the business about themselves. Um, for example, you're building a whole brand about your, yourself. If I'm trying to launch an e-com and I'm selling socks, yeah, people don't really care who they're buying socks from. Yeah. They just need to not have holes and fit and arrive on time. So a focus is often about solving a client solution for, as opposed yeah. to building your own name. It's entirely different for somebody who works on the internet uh, and is the product themselves. Yeah, I know what you mean though. Like, I think too many people get completely confused where they're doing the exact, what you're saying now, they're not focused on the client themselves. It's more about themselves, which is a bit messed up because I mean, who you're selling to. Yeah, well your product is essentially selling inspiration. You, you try to motivate people. That is your product, that is your service and you do it through yourself and your brand. You, you are actually a, uh, the most important tool. Yeah. Um, you hear that guy, my brother just called me a tool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, at the, one of the biggest mistakes is people make their own business about themselves. Uh, when they register a website, it's always their name. Yeah. I've got Which a is not something. My name, yeah, but it's, um, <laughs> what you mean? It's not what people are searching. So yeah, yeah. It needs to be about the client and, and not about you. It's not a brag thing. Yeah. You know. Running your own business is something most people are going to have to do nowadays. We are all going to go through four or five different careers. It's no longer one or two careers yeah. in a lifetime. That actually leads into the second question. When you started out, because this is everything always wants to make, everyone always wants to make a million dollars or a million rand. When did you make your first million and kind of what was the way you did that? Because I think so many people, I want to make a million, but they don't actually think about what physically they're going to sell. So for you, when was the first million made or invoice or quoted or processed? And then how, what was the thing that you were selling? Well, I'd rather make a million dollars than a million rand. Yeah, okay. Fair, fair point. <laughs> uh, I had made a million rand by the age of 19. I started working with an events company just okay. as I left high school. Okay. Um, and that was essentially doing entertainment and event related services for okay. corporates. Okay. Um, back then, um, it was still possible for me to to get corporate sales. Uh, three years after after that, uh, BE really really made it quite challenging for myself as a white male, although I was a toddler during apartheid. Um, 
uh, and had nothing to do with it. But I got to a point where I just couldn't secure larger corporates. But I had a good three year running. Um, Were you operating solo there or was that through another company? Always been solo. Okay. That was a company called uh, events-management.co.za. My first big client was SA Breweries okay. and I got a wonderful deposit from them and that really inspired me to keep going and I built up quite a lot of clients there. Yeah. And during the uh, three-year period, um, I acquired or built up quite a few contacts and uh, at the same time after three years um, when I was struggling to get corporate work, um, one of my suppliers became a competitor and well, that put me in a position where I had to immediately compete directly to them and that was an so agency. So what happened then? Did you start dropping prices or what, what happens in a situation like that? Well they started competing with me and uh, so I started competing with them Okay. and I had a advantage because I was an early taker on the internet. Yes. Uh, I started using the internet really young and they weren't, no one was. And with that tool, I managed to, in a period of six months, uh, outperform my, my competitor. Well, and was I, that through SEO or what was the, how were you using, leveraging the internet to do that? It was a very long time ago. It was probably about 14, 15 years ago. Okay. So so it would have been a combination of PPC and SEO and also okay. optimized domains, but it, it wasn't nearly as difficult back then. Just a few optimized websites would yeah. crush the competitor. It's so interesting that you say this. I was um, listening, well, I read a few articles all the time and there's this concept of um, people's ego or the, the sense that their time is super valuable versus being willing to try something new so in the same respect as you were willing to leverage the internet which back then was like what is this thing is it a facade is it a con the same thing goes today or at least i see it in, in my spectrum with like new social media platforms so the, i can see a parallel there where you get these kids who are like oh no no i'm really established on instagram i don't want to touch tiktok because it's ah that's not for me and in the same respect being as you said an early adopter to something can be one of the biggest biggest advantages which i think is cool for the viewers uh whether you're listening or watching to this like it's a major advantage to get in early so i'm stoked that you made that point yeah you've got to get going and you take opportunities i was introduced to web marketing through a very old european man called nigel and he used to run a company called island safari which okay. uh, dominated the internet for tourist octavango delta seychelles okay a lot of island destinations I just took his business model, which was selling tours yes. in a wetland, and I, I put it into an entertainment environment. No one was doing it uh, that back then. Yeah. No one's actually been able to do it as well. I'm not bragging. Uh, but, uh, no, yeah. facts are facts. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, since, since then. Um, and and uh, yeah, that's it. I just really took that opportunity. Okay. This links nicely onto one of uh, one of the mad attackers who sent in a question. Clarice, she asked, um, how can she promote <laughs> how can I promote my business without social media? Which I think links in quite nicely to to that. I'm gonna let you onto this first and then I'm gonna give my take on this because I've got quite a strong viewpoint. Do we know what kind of business Clarice has? Uh, no we don't. The only Clarice I know is from that horror movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Another one you told me Clarice. Um it really does depend on what type of business and product and service. So when I get a new client and they say we'd like to do marketing, I first 
try to identify who their client is. Yeah. Often they think they know who their client is, but they actually don't. Yeah. There are people they would like to be clients, and then there are people who are actually spending money on what they're perhaps able to to do. So identify a billable client. Okay. Then build your marketing around attracting that More of those people client. Um, attracting a client is only one step. Retaining the client and getting them uh, as a repeat like a buyer yeah. is equally as important. So there's two steps or two phases. They're both very important. You have to design both of them at the same time because okay. it needs to roll out smoothly. I really can't give any advice to Clarice because I, I don't know what she's selling uh, okay. or product. Well, well, but what, identify what, the client. Okay. And uh, perhaps they're... Um, it's a very new business and very new service. Yeah. Uh, if it's something that's already out there, I would immediately look at your main competitor and okay. see how I can better. Uh, a quick trick is just to go and look at uh, the complaints about their competitor, yeah. Hello Peter or whatever. Yeah, Facebook and, reviews, that And kind the of internet stuff. could almost tell you what the competitor's doing wrong and you could just do, do that it. right. Yeah, and that's actually really clever. There's lots of things that, uh, advice I could get but I, I need to know what kind of business she's got I hope, with, I hope I can find out with on that what I think maybe what she's meaning is if she's not using something like Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or one of these platforms Twitter or whatever maybe she means what mediums would you recommend because she's saying how would you promote your business without social media so would you recommend I don't want to put words into your mouth but would you like word of mouth would you recommend Google AdWords, I think maybe she's looking for something practical like that. What streams would you use if social media was off the table to promote your business? I would say, where are your clients? Okay. So if her clients are sitting in a coffee shop, try to find some exposure there. If her okay. clients are antisocial and are sitting at home playing computer games, try run some adverts on the game platform. Okay. I, it, it, where are her clients? That's, that's really what's important. I know that you are an advocate for social media and you believe that it's a free, well, many of the platforms are free and mm. why shouldn't you use it? Absolutely go yeah. and use it. But the internet won't make money for every business. True. It's very good in general at finding new clients, but maintaining a client, you need to deliver on the client's expectations. So the internet is a very good put in the door, Yeah. but you need to keep the client somehow. Yeah. Um, no. On with this one, because this is also one thing, when she asked this and I saw this, I was also like, look, you can, I think word of mouth is incredibly powerful. And what you said there about social media being a gateway, I think is a hundred percent true. Whether it's something like, let's say I reached out, if we didn't know one another, if I reached out to you via Instagram direct, the real magic, the real gem comes when we meet in person. And so I agree with you there as to what you're saying that it's like, it's a gateway. And the same thing goes if you're acquiring new clients through, I don't know, a freaking tweet you put out, you're still going to have to deliver your socks on time if we go back to that analogy um but with what you were asking clarice if you want well, know you'll be watching this because i'll send you the link um the question i have is well why wouldn't you use social media simply for the fact that it is free um and you have all of these whether it's i think it, it goes back to what you're saying about you need to know your client if you're trying to sell i don't know nike kicks then you need to understand that your demographic for who's buying that would be on Instagram, but if you're going to be selling diapers, then it's going to trend a little bit older because it's probably going to be a mom or dad around the age of 30 to 40, and that's they're going to be predominantly on Facebook. So I oh, think like, there's a lot of that's, no, that's true too. That's true too. Um, oh, what's a Nike kick? A kick is a shoe, like a 
but like that would be you see so it's like i think you also need to look at if you're just starting out and you have zero capital to be able to exploit something like facebook instagram or linkedin profile or something along those lines my rhetoric not rhetorical my return question to clarice would be well, why not exploit everything you have especially if you're just starting out you need to try everything yeah and it's not just about finding the clients but you can also learn about your clients through social media the yeah. internet is two-way yeah it allows a conversation that doesn't that didn't exist like 10 15 years ago um we'll hop straight into this what is your goal for the next three and then six months consecutively because i think it's interesting when you ask somebody what they're looking at like where their goals are kind of dictates how they're going to be moving and stuff so what would your goals be three and six months i don't plan three and six months i've normally planned 12 months in five years okay well, you can give those ones um i think next year i plan on it's difficult for me to separate personal life and work life. So I think yeah, for, for a lot of entrepreneurs, they do. Personally, I think I would um, like to do a couple more cities for travel, like to get another car, another investment property, be content, family and, and friends. Would that be within a 12-month segment or the five-year? Well, that's the whole of my life, but it is a focus for next year as well. Oh, Balance yeah. life right now is super important okay. for me. So. And what does balance, balance include for you? What, what would you like? What would be the tick off boxes? Because something for me for balance, I know, would be completely different for you for balance. What would be the five? I'm just making this up the five like checklist you need to consider that you have a balance for yourself personally. I feel I'm unbalanced if I get to a point in the day where I can no longer keep calm, okay, um, or I become agitated. Um, I, I hate it when people are rude okay. uh, or there's cruelty or, or where people become very self-centered and it's something that anyone can do but I, I like I, I try to to focus a lot on being a genuinely nice person okay but that's really difficult yeah um, it's just natural to get angry so I know I'm unbalanced when I'm I'm snappy at people okay um, I like to to be content. Happiness is just a short, you know, little burst of, yeah. of, of an emotion. And I like to do my gymming and I like to see a few friends and family. I'm loving personal time uh, and that's a balanced personal life for me. But okay. I love to work as well. Yeah. So they really are sure entwined. Nice. Work goals next year. I'm definitely wanting to stabilize my company. It's been a rough year for South African entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, uh, the rough guesstimates, half of them have shut down. In my yeah. one division, which deals a lot with, with uh, startup businesses uh, and at my web design company. Yeah. yeah. When it came to renewing domains this year, and I've got hundreds of clients, half of them have gone bang. Yeah. Half. Scary. Yeah, I'm sorry, I just missed my hair stand up. Um, and I deal a lot uh, with, with other um, entrepreneurs and it's, it's been a really tough year. Not, not just for entrepreneurs, all businesses as well. I mean, the banks have let off yeah. thousands yeah, and yeah. thousands of people. So Crazy. South Africa has really, really suffered this year. Um, and I think that it's going to suffer for another two years yeah, at least. A few more, yeah. So I'm, uh, next year is really about stabilizing my company to operate in this very hostile environment. Yeah. Um, 
almost got the recipe right. Uh, we had a good uh, closure month this month, which I wasn't expecting. Um, so at least we, we look a bit stronger for January. So I'll be starting the new year a bit stronger. And uh, I would like to focus on my consultancy. I would uh, very much like to continue my writing about green solutions, uh, entrepreneurship. And, uh, but on the work front, I'm quite content with, with what I'm doing. I'm okay. open to new partnerships and ventures and those sort of things. Okay. But um, I do a lot of things and I think that's enough. Yeah. For okay. Um, I, this wasn't one that I had sent you before, but I'd be curious to know if money, because it leads on to what you're saying about a balanced life and stuff. If money wasn't an issue, what would you do daily? Like, if you had to just, I, I, it's a random question, but if you had to describe your perfect day from like waking up until the night, how would you, what would that be in like 30 seconds? How would you break that down? A whole day in 30 seconds? Yeah, well, like, what would you do? Just like a rundown. I doubt I'd change much. Okay, so, so what, what would it be? How would your day run? Well, I wake up between six and seven. I okay. smash some work, go do some gymming. I do a bit more project uh, management, quick lunch, uh, chat to one or two little uh, groups of friends. Uh, then I'm back to work. And uh, most evenings I do studies and research and write. That's during the week. Okay. Um, so you would do the exact same thing if money was never an issue? I really have a bit of a strange outlook on money. I'm okay. happy to spend it, I'm happy to earn it. Um, yeah. I suppose I'm not happy to lose it. But um, I've got a very different take. I, a lot of people are very attached to money. Yeah. And I, it's just a, it's, it's a tool in a, in a, in yeah, a group in, in the machine. So it's like saying, well, how would you live your life missing one tool? Well, I just adapt i suppose okay it's an interesting concept because money in, is going to be changing a lot in the next five to 15 years with digital currencies yeah what we know is money today how we trade it's it's going to different. be entirely different um one of the most important articles i wrote this year is how we are going to receive money and funds in the future we will link that down below by the way and it's not going to be as we know it today. So yeah, there's gonna be so many opportunities out there for new business as well. Okay. Um, and the older businesses that don't keep up with how they receive funds are just gonna fall away. Yeah, the market's gonna punch them in the face. Um, okay, the next one is, uh, okay, what is the number one attribute you would say is for your success in business? What would be the one thing that's allowed you to be successful? One. One, if you had to choose just one. I know that there's going to be a multitude of things, but there's always going to be like your one strength, the one thing that perseverance. Okay, but that's really difficult to choose. There's about five or six. Okay, perseverance is a good one. I think it's something that a lot of like, especially when you're starting out. There's so many people that want like an overnight success. They want to start a company, sell whatever they're selling, make it big, and then retire in a year or two. And I think that. The fact that you chose perseverance is a dope, dope answer. Yeah, you'd have to just keep going. Yeah. I don't think there's, I mean, these projects which haven't worked for years for me and I just still continued with them. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, things I do every day is I've got a list of business and personal objectives. I read it every day before I even switch my phone on. Okay. Um, and one of the lines there is that let things go that aren't working. Yeah. I really struggle 
to do that because I'm determined to get my ideas to work. Manifest, yeah. It's actually, there's a book called The Think and Grow Rich and they've got a similar kind of, I don't know if you've read that one before, mm. um, but there's a similar principle where like, in order to manifest whatever your goals are, you create like a little mantra or not, not a paragraph, but like a few lines that you repeat to yourself. On. So it's, it's interesting that you haven't even read that because the book is orientated towards entrepreneurs and that's one thing you've just done naturally, which is kind of fucking cool. Um, what is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome in your career and what is the one thing that I've taught you? So it leads on from what you were saying about your, your biggest strength as to why you have had success. And my career, so yeah. we're talking about running from, a business. From day six, when you were 16 years old to today, what has been the biggest challenge you've overcome? I love challenges. Businesses are not void of challenges. I'm totally up for challenges. I'm yeah. totally up for failure. I'm totally up for mistakes. Yeah. I think the most difficult thing that I continually have over the longest period of time throughout my, my working career is probably working with family. Okay. And that takes the special angle in the way you, you operate um, a business. While it's been challenging, it also has given me peace of mind with certain things. Yeah. You've got trust, you've got yeah. a loyalty. Um, but working with family, or perhaps somebody you even uh, were married to, my divorce, going through my divorce was probably the biggest knock I've ever taken in business yeah. because I couldn't focus on anything. Yeah, especially when you're the one harming the ship. Yeah, yeah. well, the, my team took over and yeah, if it wasn't for my team back so then. So what did that teach you then? What was the lesson that you took away from that? From, from the fam, working with family? No, from, the, from well, if, you, if you think the divorce was the biggest knock, what would you have learned from that? Was there a lesson to I, I don't know, I can go through it, I'm, that's why I'm curious. No, I don't want to tell people not to work with family or not to work with their partner, because the good far outweighs the bad. Uh, yeah. the bad. So, yeah. I think it can work, it may not work for you. Okay. So maybe that's the lesson. Okay. That's cool. I fuck with that. And yeah, business, not every business will last forever anyway. Yeah. And that you must be fine with. Okay. Most businesses will, won't last. Yeah. And that must be part of the plan. <laughs> yeah. You must plan to end. I think that is a good, yeah, a good point. Too many people get into something and they don't even have, <clears throat> not necessarily an exit strategy, but just this sense that it's finite. Because yeah. anything's wired. <clears throat> All right, let's jump into this question from another mad attacker, Alyssa. Uh, she says, tips or hints on the best way to market your business or campaign and make sure it really gets out. I think this kind of also links back to Clarice's question. Um, is there any other little, like, you gave the nice idea of um, looking at competitors on Facebook or like Google reviews or something like that. Are there any other, like, super practical things that you would recommend? <clears throat> Any business, you just need to do something unique or something different. Okay. And if you can get one of those recipes correct, you probably will be fine. Okay. Timing is really important yeah. when you decide to do things. It goes back to talking about early adopters and stuff like that. I'm just trying to draw parallels. Or you could also be, <clears throat> some ideas are done too early. I've had projects which, true as well, yeah, which yeah. were ahead of their time. Um, 
and they're sitting on the side for maybe some time in the future. Yeah. So timing is really, you could have a brilliant idea, but your clients aren't even born yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, so timing is important, your time as well. Yeah. You must be prepared to put all of your time in. Yeah. You need to, it needs to consume you. When I launched my first business, businesses, yeah. I was working 14 hour days. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I slept at my desk, and I was running a charity. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty sure I was insane. I'm so so glad you said that. There are so many of these. Like I try to deploy empathy, but they they'll say they're hustling, they're they're working. Like you know, my catchphrase, hustle grind. And they say that they're doing these things, but they're and not. Watch, and they're watching like shit on the weekend, and they're not working. They finish at five p.m. I don't. I'm so glad you made that point. When you're starting out, you've got to be willing to eat a ton of shit and just. It needs to, you need to give everything to it, or as much as you possibly can, while still caring for your family and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, it really is dedication, and it will affect your personal life. There are, yeah. you will miss birthday parties, you won't go dancing whenever you want. Yeah. You, you're, the things you love sort of take a back burn. Yeah. It's, it's about balance, you've still got to balance your life, but expect a bit of a knock on the personal side when you're launching a business. And almost try to enjoy it. Yeah. I think you have to, you have to have that, like, ah oh man, I would bring it back to boxing. It's like, you can't get in the ring and then be upset that you, you get punched in the face. You almost have to enjoy the taste of blood in your mouth, kind of a thing. Okay. You know what I mean? No, but like, that's, that's what business is like. You're going to, like you said, you're going to take a few knocks, you're going to get punched. You've got to enjoy that process of sparring, so to speak. Yeah. Otherwise, it's go play golf, kind of. Um, well, golf ball's pretty hard. Yeah, I suppose you can get hit in the face. <laughs> uh, 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 another mad attacker, Callum says, where are the best places to present your ideas? Where, uh, to who should you present? I know Callum quite well. He's into, um, he's into performance, singing, dancing, uh, K-pop vibe. So I'm going to make the assumption that that's kind of what he's talking about. So where would you, or what would you recommend? Where would you so he's a performer? He's a performer. He's a dance. singer. I think he plays a musical instrument and he's into K-pop. So the Korean pop. Interesting. Yeah. How old is he? I think he's 17, 18. I speak to Callum for watching. I apologize. I don't okay. know your age, but yeah. So he's super young. I'm very young. Still the, in high school. One of the challenges <clears throat> I had when I tried to get corporate work at that age was I was just totally ignored um, because you were young. Yeah. So it, it's so unfair because when you have all the energy of you, everyone just wants to ignore you. Yeah. And then when you're older and you're exhausted and people are prepared to listen to you because you've got stubble and you know, you know it's just it's not fair. <laughs> um, at his age, if he is in entertainment um, and he's sort of on a, got a genre which he's interested in, yeah. I, there's nothing stopping him introducing himself to the multiple agencies in South Africa. Uh, the big ones are Entertainment Online, Hands On, About Entertainment, Whacked Entertainment. I'm sure I'm going to be missing a few and upsetting a few, few of my uh, industry colleagues and competitors. Uh, but there are about 10 really good agencies out there. And I think just introducing yourself, um, and one thing which an, uh, annoys me, yeah. when, and we get hundreds of requests from entertainers every yeah. year, is too much information. So don't try oversell yourself, just introduce yourself, a really nice video, um, perhaps do the homework and set up a nice little website, 
create a professional stance if you are under 20 don't even mention your age yeah and uh, start making connections and building relationships uh, to make a living at that age is extremely uh, difficult yeah uh, but it is possible I mean I, I did magic shows when I was his age and I was earning more than my high school teachers yeah and uh, that really came about building a relationship with uh, one or two companies which specialized in a type of, uh, of event and I made a very good living in high school yeah. from that um, perhaps also take this opportunity he's still so young yeah. you need to do five five years at least professionally before you start um, even cracking the market unfortunately yeah I would take this opportunity and do a bit of traveling if that's a possibility yeah uh, because you need to inspire yourself and come back to South Africa if he wants to stay in South Africa well, I think being in the K-pop I mean I'm assuming he could be talking about a more general topic but I think he's idea would then be to go over to Korea or perform something like that because if his genre is k-pop korean pop then that would be the intention i just want to add on to what you were saying there um in the same way as pitching to an agency etc super important if you actually want to book work i also think that one thing that's very very interesting and which will stand you in good state speaking on taking five years to develop his career and really get a taste of it and start learning and building himself up is start documenting your journey and this to me is it's so so important if you think about yourself, because he's going to be a performer, he's going to be the product in the same way that I'm the product of my brand, so to speak. Start any little performance you do. If you can record something, whether it's you get featured in a newspaper, keep record of all of that. Because I think your journey is going to be incredibly, incredibly interesting. Post that onto as many different platforms as you can and start building up yourself as a brand and as start making like real connections with your fans. Because... If you're a performer, if you're in this league, your product, your sellable, the thing that's going to provide you with cash flow is going to be ticket sales. It's going to be merchandise if you're going to be doing that. It's going to be guest performances. It's going to be, and all of that, nobody's going to pay you shit if you don't have a fan base. And so I think that in as much as you need to book these gigs with big corporates if you can and get signed to an agency because they're going to help source the work, I think you need to start developing an actual fan base, people who are going to buy tickets to go and see him perform in the same way that these big K-pop stars or Justin Bieber or whoever the hell it happens to be. They've got like real individuals who are buying tickets, they are buying the meet and greet and that's where I think it's going to be super okay. There's a very big difference between corporate and public yeah. and buying tickets is a public uh, event yeah. and yes, your social media and so forth uh, is really important yeah. you need to be very careful with corporates because you could say one thing which a corporate really doesn't enjoy yeah. on your social media and you are immediately wiped as an option and this happens to some pretty big stars yeah. Steve Hoffner it's uh, just one example I can name many many entertainers in the professional field and I deal with the biggest names yeah. in South Africa and they upset corporates and yeah. corporates are bread and butter entertainers in south africa unfortunately uh, can become lazy on the public sector they don't go out and work 
as hard as perhaps American artists yeah. who are continuously <clears throat> doing public events. Yeah. So there, if you want to make money as an entertainer or as a performer, you are going to have to focus on two tiers, corporate and public. And yeah. you almost have to have two slightly different personalities yeah. for, for that. thousand percent agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, you need to be hitting both simultaneously. Because I can, I can completely relate to this with the modeling side of it. I have no control over whether or not I book a job. And the same thing goes if you're like being pitched to a corporate. You don't know, you have no control if you're going to book that or not. That's whether or not you suit the event that the corporate is hosting. And what I do feel that you can, and I find this incredibly empowering, is what you're talking about, the public domain. That's something you can control. You can control how many people you respond to, how many... Um, live events that you personally are going to host or you can control whether or not you're going to develop merch or like there's things like that that i think is in, especially if you're just a solo individual is incredibly powerful to have control over that like one or two things so i did that all right let's quickly hop into we've got two more uh this one was actually sent by anna who suggested you be on the show she says what is the most scary thing when starting a business fear itself Okay, do you want to elaborate? And I understand it, but... Yeah, fear of uh, failure, fear of taking the next step. Fear itself is the biggest fear. But using any time and energy focusing on fear is just a ridiculous waste of time. Yeah. Fear and, and, and failure and, and uh, things not working and mistakes are part of the business. Yeah. Be prepared for that. Yeah. Uh, almost embrace it. When something breaks or you upset a client, acknowledge it and just get on with your yeah. day. You can almost use you can use good and bad feedback. Yeah. Um, good and bad uh, situations in business. But I used to get very scared on will I meet my cash flow? Can I pay the supplier? Yeah. yeah. Fears, different fears. And they're never going to go away. Yeah. They just it's part of business. So just get on with it. I almost I don't want to say forget about it because they deserve respect. And uh, but don't get bogged down with it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just part of business. Yeah, I, I really dig that. I think it also goes back to the same thing where I was giving the sparring analogy with boxing. You you gotta expect that there's gonna something's gonna fall apart, something's gonna go to shit and you just need to also like, be what aware fun of is it like in a ring and you don't even get hit. Once. Yeah, you wouldn't. Well, it's like I, I remember my up against giving you a good competitor. That's why I appreciate my competitors because I've got some really good competitors in, and I work in multiple fields, like in law and all sorts yeah. of things. I enjoy a, a good, good competitor. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, who wants to win against a loser? You want to win against a winner. Yeah, no, it's true because then you also get a inflated sense of ego and you're not really being put to challenge and then you're not developing yourself you stagnate well you can learn a lot from a good competitor so that's yes yeah. use them as a tool oh, i love that exploit them almost it's what you're doing you're yeah, using them for your own gain which yeah. is great okay this is okay i've got the one last one but the main question from cynthia another mad attacker uh, with the business industry changing, which you were speaking about previously, which, okay, Cynthia's from the States though, so I mean, maybe that helps answer this. Uh, would you create another business that could benefit your brand or business? I've got my own personal answer on this. I'm going to jump in first. You can give it some thought quickly. So I've done a few different social media partnerships with different brands. 
And something that occurred to me recently, and the reason why I've launched merch like right now, is the sense of um, having ownership. So to answer your question straight up, Cynthia, yes, I do think I would develop another business based on my business or brand. And the main reason why I'm personally doing this is it, it comes down to thinking in the long term and ownership. It's those two things. So what I was finding in the short term was that I was getting all these brand deals and it was great money. And I'm not going to not take them in future if I can see that myself and the brand will work well. But also, I have no ownership. So it's these big paychecks that like hop on a month-to-month basis, but they're infrequent and there's no guarantee of them renewing. And so the reason why I started my merch is it's something that I can control and there's more consistency on a month-to-month basis because I can drive traffic to the sales versus just being paid one big lump sum to promote another company. That's business calling. That's business calling. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's super important is, is that sense of, of having ownership of it versus a, a, these big lump sums or the once-off modeling check or something like that. Yeah, I think, uh, can I jump Yeah, in? you can go, I'm done, that was my, my... The most important thing people need to understand nowadays is the world today is not going to be anything like it is going to be in five years. You will not have one career, you will not have one business, you are not going to have one skill set. It's going to be about constantly reinventing yourselves. You will probably have one or two jobs, you will probably have one or two sideline businesses. And your businesses aren't going to be four walls and a website. You may just be part of a supply chain. Yes. And you need to be fluid. Uh, You need to continuously be able to change and uh, adapt. adapt. And those who are flexible and adapt are going to survive i don't want to sound scary or or pessimistic but life is going to get more challenging and considerably more challenging normal resources um, that we take for granted are going to become super expensive mark my word by the end of next year a pizza will cost us 300 grand a pizza so that that scares me because I love pizza. So I always use the pizza analogy because I don't yeah, necessarily eat McDonald's. I know internationally you use the McDonald's uh, price range, but um, life is going to become really expensive. Yeah. Um, living in a big house is not going to be possible. Having huge families, having multiple cars, um, our education system is going to change so much. Yeah. What our children are going to be learning in schools Today is very, very different um, in in five years. We're not going to be able to recognize the world in the next 10 years. There is going to be so much change and no one can quite identify, uh, you know, when and how and and what uh, specifically. But I can tell you that it's going to wipe out a lot of traditional businesses and perhaps a lot of big business. And there's such a wonderful opportunity here for entrepreneurs to come in and take little bits of the pie and make a living for themselves. Yeah. So uh, to quote another very famous entrepreneur in South Africa, South Africa doesn't need more jobs, it needs more entrepreneurs. So it must be part of your life. You must want to be able to generate some of your own income. Yeah. It's like, don't go buy every tomato, plant some tomatoes in your garden if needs be. You've got to be able to have that mindset, yeah. uh, diversify, 
where you are taking your resources from and, and what resources you are putting out as well. Yeah. The world is about to change. It's super exciting. Yeah, very, is. very scary. Um, and anyone who's uh, under 20 now or between 20 and 30, you know, you're going to have to get through this. And don't even get me started with climate change and all the, the weird things that are going to happen uh, yeah. because of that. But uh, this is probably going to be the most interesting time humans will yeah. live on Earth. This, yeah. this is now, in the next 10 to 30 years, this is where all the decisions are going to be made yeah. on what a human will be in the next 100 to 200 years. Yeah. I love that. I think that's one hell of a way to end up this, uh, okay, this interview is that ability to to adapt yeah. is super important. Just um, a big thank you to those, those uh, followers of yours that uh, asked questions. Really, yeah, no. Really appreciate that. Thanks. Final one. What, yeah. what would your spirit animal be? It's a super easy one. If you had to choose one. Spirit animal? Yeah, what do you identify most yeah. with? It can be an insect if you want to be an insect. Wow, I don't want to be an insect. Okay. <laughs> I've never been asked that question. Good. It's really, really difficult to come up with an animal. I'm gonna go with the blue whale. Okay. It's because of the biggest penis. I don't know if it has the biggest penis. I think it's penis. got the biggest penis. That's very strange that you know. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's the only thing I know about blue whales. It's the biggest penis. Why did you choose a blue whale? Well, I'm sure they've got different sizes. I'm sure they do. And the water's cold sometimes. <laughs> so a blue whale. Why a blue whale? I don't know, Matthew. You like ask okay, me. I know it's just a random question. It's okay. a beautiful animal, it is beautiful. and it's quiet, and it it travels a lot. I like to travel, so. Oh. so yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Right. I really appreciate it, <laughs> guys. A big thank you to everybody who took the time to watch or listen to this uh, first kind of collaborative in your ears with Matt Ross. Uh, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, share this with somebody who wants to hear this, and I will catch each of you in the next one. Peace.